You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And welcome to another edition of Business in Black. This is your host, Danita Harris, coming to you live from the BK Brooklyn, New York. And uh, joined today, of course, by our lovely co-host, Dr. LaTanya Hughes down in South Florida, lovely Miami-esque area. And uh, we had snow, a snowmageddon come through, Dr. Hughes. You and these faces. We had a snowmageddon come through, and it really wasn't that bad. I mean, it snowed literally all day, like 3 a.m. till like 3 a.m. for a whole day. It snowed, and, you know, by the time I got out uh, yesterday, the streets were bone dry. That sun, let me tell you, you know it's spring because that sun is balmy. Mm-hmm. And beaming, my phone got um, in the, you know, right there in the console. So the sun was beaming down on it. It was so bright that the phone started overheating. Wow. That, right. That's how strong the rays were yesterday after this snowmageddon that we had come through here. <laughs> so it wasn't bad. It could have been worse. I've seen it worse in North Carolina, but, you know. It is. She said snowmageddon. That's, you know, they were all the nor'easter and, (laughs) you know, you really thought it was going to do some real damage, but it was. uh, It probably did in some other areas, but not y'all's. I saw it. I did see where they were expecting another round and and some other things. And I was Mm -hmm. just like. Possibly Sunday we might get a little more. So Mm -hmm. it's the same going on in North Carolina. You know, I think some areas got ice and that's that's the more concern because ice is worse than snow. So mm-hmm. like in Baltimore, they got sleet before the snow fell. Right. Which can and be less dangerous. Sleep, but not right. enough to stick or do. Oh, there's I think some of their stuff in certain areas. And so even though you can shovel, if you got that sheet of ice at the bottom, you you have a problem. So mm-hmm. I think Speaking that was the weather, concern. Mm-hmm. Um, Brother uh, Byron, what's his name? That just bought the the Weather Channel. Did yes, you? congratulations to him. Congratulations to him. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. He um for uh, I saw that was breaking news on my um phone um, on one of the groups that I follow. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, so excited for him that he did that. I'm like, hey. Go forward and we be great. listen. We use the Weather Channel all the time. It, you better say that. So everybody, uses right? The we don't trust channel. anybody but the Weather Channel. So right with your local news. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else, but I know my mom. She's always talking. <laughs> she was like, "Okay, let's turn to the Weather Channels because um, right. I know they're gonna give me the real deal." And, and yep. in, in a time of a crisis, mm-hmm. especially when it's a hurricane or anything else, she's gonna say. Let's turn to the weather channel. I know what the right. local is saying. I yep. need to know what the national weather news is saying. And they are actually pretty accurate. Very it's, accurate. It's very rare that they're not um, mm-hmm. right, that they're not accurate. So uh, I, I think that was a great move. Congratulations to him mm-hmm. um, all the way around. I mean, man, um, what a great talk about listen talk about black excellence that's awesome right it is very awesome so well today um we're gonna talk about 
Oh, workplace stress. Mm -hmm. Stress in the workplace. That's what we are going to talk about today. It is real and it is not going anywhere, um, but we need Mm -hmm. to learn more about it. We need to learn how to navigate around it. And so today we'll be breaking down some some issues of stress in the workplace, how it affects people, uh, how it affects business. Because at the end of the day, we're here to do a job, right? Everybody is supposed to be working and you work to make money, to pay your bills, to buy your family things, to buy your house, uh, to have transportation. And as if working isn't stressful enough, Uh there are components within the workplace that makes work all the more stressful. Uh-huh. And I really think it's time for a reform, uh, which is one of the reasons why one of my speaking points these days in America is um, stress place, uh, stress management, excuse me, for busy professionals. Um, I'm big into meditation. I'm big into um, alternative ways to reduce your stress. And um, I think it's time for organizations to follow suit of some of these more innovative and forward-thinking corporations, ergo Google, ergo Facebook, ergo, you know, some of these technology companies that I know have full catering services for their employees. Zappos, yes, thank you. That we really start, uh, Costco, that we really start looking into number one, paying working wages, living wages. And so people aren't stressed out about where they're going to get their money from. And number two, um, building some kind of loyalty back to our employee base uh, and not stress them out so much because at the end of the day, you know, people just want to get up. They want to go to work. They want to make a living. They want to go home to their families. But we got folks working three jobs, not because yeah, they sad. want to, but because they have to, but mm-hmm. because they have to. And that puts a stress on the work that they're doing, as well as the home that they're providing for, as well as the children that are there. And so we've become so profit hungry that we've forgotten the way that you build your profits on the back end is through basically taking care of your employees. So we got this like some years ago to some degree, right? We, we got this some years ago, like in my father's generation, we understood this. People were able to, uh, homes were affordable. People were able to, uh, at least for a certain class of people, homes were affordable. Don't get me started on that tangent. <laughs> but homes were affordable and um, people could go to work and, you know, make their living. They'd have time off on the weekends to spend time with their families. There wasn't that much pressure or responsibility to their organizations. And we've just seen a total flip of that where Americans feel like I can't take a break. I can't take my vacation time because I feel like my job is in jeopardy if I do so. So we're at this this workplace stress dilemma that we're, we're slowly starting to chip away, slowly starting to reveal, slowly starting to um, 
come to some sense of, huh, maybe it's not the best way to work people to death, to have them in diapers in the chicken farm so that they don't have to take a break. Maybe that's not the best way to practice. (laughs) And so (laughs) so today, you know, we're going to talk about uh, stress in the workplace and what that looks like and how we can combat some of that. I think um, part of that is understanding the different um, work areas or different, um, the main areas that I, I should say of work design. I think once we start having a good understanding of that and seeing how those areas affect stress levels, then we can manage it properly. Most people don't know that there are six main areas, and that's demand, control, support, relationships, role, and change. Those are all... Wait, wait, wait. You went too fast, Dr. Hughes. Sorry. <laughs> Go back. So when it comes to uh, work design, mm-hmm. there are six main areas. Mm-hmm. It's demands, mm-hmm. control, mm-hmm. support, mm-hmm relationships, mm-hmm. role, mm-hmm. and change. Mm-hmm. Those six areas, once you understand those six areas of work design overall, you can properly or better manage uh, stress. So as what does that mean? Break that down a little further for us. What does that so, mean, the work design? So when you look at the workplace, how it's set up to function, you have control. You have method things that are in place, control measures, methods to make sure that whatever it is that you do, whatever your widget is, whether it's a service, whatever, you have things in place to make sure that it's it, it operates the way it's supposed to. Then there are demands. Mm-hmm. What are the demands? Mm-hmm. You know, you may have customer demands, vendor demands, mm-hmm. you know, IRS, <laughs> government demands, all of these different demands pulling in different directions. Support. I think I look at support relationships and role mm-hmm. kind of co- they go hand in hand. They all kind of overlap a little bit because if you don't have support right. in any area of the organization, that's a problem. Right. Whether you're supporting your customers, which to me, inter- employees are customers. Mm-hmm. You see that <laughs> um, relationships, that's also huge and role. What mm-hmm. is role? Meaning what is your role? Are you the manager? Are you middle management? Are you the executive, the supervisor, employee, IT, human resources? What are your roles? Peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer, mm-hmm. right. Do they overlap? Relationships, mm-hmm. of course. You're building relationships on the job, so you're building relationships with each other. You're building relationships with vendors. You're building relationships with customers. And then change. Mm-hmm. Change is often hard and difficult, especially if you're transitioning Sometimes you have new management comes in. You may have a consultant come in. Change is very difficult sometimes. Might be a change in one of your control measures because of the demand being put on the business from your customer or vendor or whatever. These are all different things of work design that we have to consider as it relates to stress management. Why? Because when you understand all of these six, these six areas of work design, then you can properly manage it as it relates to you and what your role is in the organization. Your role may be one where you cover all of mm-hmm. these areas. Mm-hmm. Like the CEO. Correct. You're CEO. an executive. You may be in the board, on the board or what have you, human resources, mm-hmm. IT, you know, all of these different things. 
you're going to have probably a great deal of stress. And if you don't manage it properly in the way you communicate with others could create stress for them. Mm -hmm. So it's a, oftentimes there's a trickling down that kind of disables employees or even the workplace overall. And it disables the company because you can't really function at your optimum because you're not properly managing these six work design areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that all of those summarize to me in my brain is the flow of the organization. Exactly. Like Mm -hmm. all of those particular points are flow measures within the organization. And if you imagine a funnel, right, as we often talk about the sales funnel, well, you don't want that funnel to get clogged because that clog, think about your heart, think about your arteries to your heart. When they get clogged, what happens? It causes stress on the heart, which is what a heart attack is. So you don't want your corporation to have a heart attack because there's clogs and kinks in the system. And so you have to continue to take tests now and then, litmus tests and and pulling production off of the line and uh, sending surveys out to the customers and doing all of these measures that help you understand the flow of your chain of service and or goods. Exactly. Exactly. So so that helps to reduce the stress. So the, the, the goal here is not to have zero stress because that's impossible. Let's just be real. There's life right (laughs) outside of work. The goal there is good stress too. It's just true. There is good stress. You just can't get rid of stress. You cannot get rid of stress. So let's, let's break that down for some people. So good stress um, would be like, you're getting married. Good stress would be you're having a baby. Good stress would be you want a million dollars. Right. Exactly. Yes. Bad stress would be, you know, conflict in home, conflict at work, um, um, uh, illness would be bad stress. Yes. Um, Car accident would be bad stress, you know, those sorts of things. So you're never going to be without stress. This is a conversation about addressing workplace stress from the, the, the standpoint of how it's functioning with your flow and how to reduce it to increase productivity, which generally means you're going to increase your bottom line. And we've said it a lot, but people are just now catching on that this is an interval, integral part of their corporation that is needed to be examined and overhauled as a result of wanting to build the bottom line opposed to, oh, we're going to build our bottom line by just getting more people to buy from us. It's way more cost effective to build your bottom line by addressing your stress in your flow in your corporation than going out to get new clients. Right. We talk about building value and leading with value on this show all the time. Mm -hmm. You, it is, it is literally impossible to lead with value or even uh, create value or um, express value of your company, your widget, your service. If there is, there are high levels of stress throughout your organization, because you're not delivering at the maximum that you can. Therefore, that value that you're supposed to be building for your customers 
regardless of, again, if it's a widget or a service, it's going to be felt. It's going to be experienced. You know, you have to think about for yourself, go just think retail for a minute. And you go, I don't care if you go to Chipotle, I don't care if you go to Victoria's Secret, Walmart, Walgreens, Target, encounter somebody who is experiencing a high level of stress and you will not have a good customer experience. Absolutely. The value in why customers return and why you have loyal customers is because they feel valued and appreciated and the level of service that they receive That's what keeps them coming back. People don't mind spending $400 for a dinner plate at a restaurant, for instance. It's not the food. Yeah, the food is part of it, Mm -hmm. but they're paying for the value of the experience. Mm -hmm. They don't have to wait. I mean, it's it's the mechanism. Everything is flowing like Ms. Harris. The whole flow of the operation is in place. And there's the, the st- if there is stress, you don't even see it or experience it because mm-hmm. everything on the front end that the customer experiences is smooth. But if you look at p- of those where it's high stress, people feel underappreciated, it's all this kind of stuff, guess what? The value of the service or product will be felt by the customer and is going to affect your bottom line. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And with that, we're going to get more into it as soon as we get back from a little short break. You're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back with Business in Black. And today we're talking about a stressful topic. (laughs) (laughs) That we want to stress to you (laughs) that, uh, you know, Americans are stressed and the workplace is stressful and um, it's an epidemic that is running rampant um, from several causes. Again, like we left off in the the first segment, um, you know, the stress is inevitable in life. But there are things that we can do to mitigate the workplace stress. Yes. The reason why I say mitigate, and I know that's a legalese term, is because as we left off, stress affects your bottom line, period. Mm -hmm. And when you grasp onto that as an employer, as a supervisor, you have the responsibility of doing better than what you've been introduced to, than what other people you know are doing, and what you've been treated in the past. And so I just want to go through um, a couple of points. And I know Dr. Hughes has some really good points I'm excited to get to. Um, uh, So I am a member of the American Institute of Stress, Um, I do teach on stress management. Um, In fact, I have a 15-second meditation for Busy Professional book that I'm working on that will be um, coming out. I have a 15-second. If you go to any of my Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Business Intelligence Coach, um, or Facebook page, then you'll find video clips that I give people just to use for visualization to give them a 15 second break. Because oftentimes people say, what Dr. Hughes, I don't have enough time. There you go. Right. So <laughs> we've been given 24 hours on the clock, but we don't have enough time for self care. And this, I like to ask, you got time to die? 
Right. (laughs) Well, I don't have time. Death has to come back next week. Like, (laughs) you know, so we, we hope to instill in you some brain reversals of what you've been taught. I think the Europeans get it right with siestas Mm -hmm. because it's family first. I I worked for, uh, not worked for, excuse me, when I was in college many, many moons ago, um, one of my professors worked abroad in the UK and guess what happened? For six weeks, the entire factory shut down so that the entire factory got holiday, paid holiday. But they were one of the most productive organizations, she said, that she had worked for to date. So- We think, oh, if people are missing, we're going to miss out. And really, if people are missing, you're going to miss out. And Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is their body might be there. But because of the amount of stress they're under, they're not there. And guess what that leads to, Dr. Hughes? Workplace injuries, higher health care costs, and a whole lot of other things, work, um, workman's comp claims, a whole lot of other things that can easily be avoided if corporations would just start looking at workplace a little different. So the first thing I want to do off of the American Institute of Stress's website is refer to the main causes of stress. And they have listed four. Uh, the bottom of the pack number with 6% is lack of job security. Mm-hmm. Feeling like, so in America, we feel like, and I said this at the top of the hour, we feel like if we don't come to work, we're going to get fired. If we don't work on our vacation. Heck, that Mm. happened to me. I I, I was gone on vacation and got written up for something that happened while I was going on vacation. Right. Um, So we feel like if we don't work while we're on vacation, we can't take time off. We can't take care time off because something will happen to our job. We no longer are building corporations that are loyal to us and in ergo, we would remain loyal to them. I agree. I think one of the things we have to, there's like an unwritten rule sometimes that you have to work, you have to be loyal, you have to do these things you have to participate. You have to, you know, it's kind of like you have to be available 24 seven and that's just, it's not realistic. It's not written, but it's like an unwritten rule of workplace. It's like some workplace cultures have it to where you're just, you have to work like a hundred hours a week and all this other kind of stuff. It's not written because in written, they'll say 50 hours for management or even 60, you know, but, the unwritten is, oh, you're going to put in 120. That oh, reminds yeah. me of the movie. Have you seen the movie The Circle? Mm-mm, Tom no. Hanks. Really good movie. Um, real quick, the movie is about this young girl takes on a job at a, uh, a Facebook, Apple, Google-esque type of technology company. Mm. And she gets the job and she's like customer service basically on the phone. And so they're coaching her and whatnot. So she goes home for the weekend and comes back. And so they have a campus that you can live on with dorms and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So she goes home for the weekend and comes back only to be like, Oh, well, 
you were offline all week and what did you do? Oh, well, I went home to see about my dad. He has cerebral palsy, I think is what he had, or, or MS, MS, I think it was. And oh, I went home to, to see about him and I went on the kayak, you know, I went to, and so they basically saw she went kayaking because she posted a picture. Well, I like to kayak. We could have gone to kayak together. And I know she's thinking like kind of the point was to get away and like just have some me time. But basically without saying it, they were pressuring her to be part of their environment 100% of her time. And they said, oh, well, you've missed 5,000 emails this weekend of invitations and different things that were going on. She was like, I'm sorry, was there a work assignment? And she says, well, no, there was no work assignment, but there was like, thousands of people here on the campus participating in other things and getting to know their colleagues and coworkers and you weren't here participating. And I still would have been like, what's the relevance? And I actually was penalized on the job before for not going out after work to a country and Western bar with my colleagues and was told that I wasn't a team player. Is that a requirement of the job? Was that in the job description? Was that in the interview process? Is that, see, this is the kind of things that, that, mm-hmm. that lends to stress. Now, if you want to do team building exercises, then they need to be in a formal setting to where, okay, we are having an executive retreat or a team building retreat. Or, you know, I even had it to where one time I had, <clears throat> I took my team bowling. This is a team building exercise. Mm -hmm. I expect at a minimum, all leaders, supervisors, managers to be available to come bowling at XYZ time on XYZ day. And I made sure we had coverage. So it was no excuse for anyone to not because I was in a hotel. So it was no excuse for anyone to not be able to show up and participate. Mm -hmm. But If I gave you the time off to come and you didn't come, you got written up because the whole point of giving you off and getting someone else to work your shift was to go was for the team building exercise. Yeah. And, but that's different. I made it very clear. This is for team building exercise. This is what we're doing. The company is paying for it. Da, 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 da. You have to do things like that in a clear manner so people know. But if you don't, my time is my time. I'm not married to this organization. I have a life. And organizations tend to seem like their employees don't have a life. And that's part of why people We're have high levels of workplace. stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to number three. At 20% of main causes of stress for people juggling work and personal lives. So we're at work for anywhere from eight to 10 to 12 hours a day, depending on your level of management and sometimes more than that. Right. And we wonder why affairs in the workplace is rampant Mm -hmm. because we're away from our families and our loved ones whom we're providing for at excessive rates And then we expect these unwritten demands and we're expected to juggle all of that and still have a quote normal life and and have time to self-care. You don't hardly have time to sit down because especially if you're a parent, 
you know, you got activities in the week nights, in the week um, ends. You have activities to go be a part of. And if you go to church or to a synagogue or to a temple, you've got that responsibility. So there's a lot on you. And when the workplace is putting that heavy amount of stress on you in these unwritten rules that are penalizing you that now thwart you into thinking of what we just said, job security. It's just a vicious cycle that there is no seeing end in sight. Right. Right. Which leads us, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think a lot of times we don't see how that leads to high healthcare costs. And all these other things that we're seeing, but, you know, it's everybody else. Oh, people are crazy. Oh, workplace isn't causing stress and all this other kind of things. And when you have that kind of environment and you don't even want to let people off because they're sick, but you want them to, you, you don't believe them or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They come yes, to work sick I and then you got to turn around and send them home. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just right. let them stay home in the first? Because when you have workplace environments like that, then people feel like, oh, okay, nobody's going to believe me anyways. So I may as well come to work, get everybody Everybody's sick. sick. <laughs> everybody's sick. <laughs> then all of a sudden, oh, you, you know what I mean? But when you're in a hospital, laid up in a hospital somewhere because of workplace stress, because it does affect physically your body, your body can break down from workplace stress. Then it's all of a sudden, oh, what can we do to support you? You should have been doing that from the from the front. Well, and they will walk over your cold dead body and on mm-hmm. to the next person. Trust it. Absolutely. Like they they may act like they care in one breath, but in the next breath, it's about bottom lines and figures. And if you won't mm-hmm. produce, if you can't get it done, if you die as a result of the stress, they're on to the next person without a bat of the eye or consideration, a card, an email, a, a prayer, enough towards what they've caused for you and the stress that they've um, created in that environment. So not not one lie was told in that statement. Right. So uh, real quick, um, the third spot belongs to people issues. Excuse me. Yes. The second spot, excuse me, belong to people issues. And that just has to do with workplace conflict. Um, we, We tend to want to take personal grievance out in the workplace. And that's why I appreciate like military movies because so long as I put sir on the back of it and ask for permission to speak in the front of it, to permission Mm -hmm. to speak freely, they see, and I don't know if this is a hundred percent true. I'll have to ask my father who's retired Marine, but they seem to be allowed to express their candor, their express them, their thoughts, their feelings in a lot healthier of a manner, like than other places where you're basically, your only resort is to stuff it down and deal with it. Right. Because you can't, unfortunately, and, and I just wrote an article on this. Unfortunately, it's not illegal for them to harass you. Your employer can harass you legally. I'll say it again. Your employer can harass you and make your life a living. You know what? Legally. Wow. Without repercussions, they can get their toe all the way up to the line on the line so long as they don't cross the line wow 
and the law is in their favor. Uh, so long as they don't cross the line with certain protected classes. Uh, but they can egregiously write you up for nonsensical things. And Dr. Hughes knows what I just went through with some people. So I got written up for being out of town and staff not coming into work. I'm getting written up for um, staff being late to work. Just, just ridiculous. When, when I tell my colleagues the ridiculous things that were going on, just ridiculous things. But because they did not call me a bad name, the N-word, because I'm black, because they didn't call me the B word, because I'm a lady, because they didn't call me, you know, a, 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 a other racial slurs or inferences, because it wasn't so matter of fact egregious, they're protected by the law. Mm-hmm. So wow. the question then is human resources really working for us? Or whom mm-hmm. are they working for? They're working, in my opinion, to keep the organization out of the hot seat and mitigate their ability to navigate so that they can say up to the tow line what they want, but then they don't have to, uh, um, they, they pull them back just in time to save them from a lawsuit. Right. It's all in what the shared goals of the company are. And what are those shared goals? She just said it. It's, it's, it's about what's in the best interest of the company. Well, who's in the, who's the company now is the, do they see their human capital, their employees um, as valuable assets to the company? And if they don't, if if any company who does not see the people in their company, meaning their employees as valuable assets, they're the ones who nine times out of 10 have very high turnover. And I'm glad which you means said they that. have low output. What is low output means their bottom line is suffering financially. It's always something, you know, it's 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 this, that, the third. You 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 just see all of these different things. And it's it's almost pretty much ridiculous to see it. And you just okay, I don't know what to tell you. Right. And I'm glad you said exactly those words because when I accepted the position from the onset, my question to them was, why are there so many open positions available? And now the truth has revealed itself. Red flags, yes. Low human capital stake. Mm -hmm. And with that, we're going to leave the number one cause of main causes of stress, according to the American Institute of Stress, uh, to after we come right back. We got to take a quick break, folks. Uh, Just stay right there. And you're listening to Business in Black, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. we're back with business in black and uh listen i know dr hughes has some juicy information i'm trying to get to so let's get through this number one main cause of stress today we are talking about stress in the workplace and why it's so pivotal in this time in this era right now that corporations start addressing it head on 
and mitigating um, their losses by mm-hmm. creating toxic environments. They're, they're losing out on good, hardworking employees. And listen, if you're an employer, you already know how difficult it is to find good employees. Right. But we're losing them at uh, ridiculous rates. And, and guess what? You're losing them twofold. You're losing them because they're leaving and you're losing them because they check out. I know mm-hmm. someone right now going hard, oh, doing all of these great things for students, working with students at a school. And, and, and then that person gets disciplined and then they go, well, wait a minute. Why, why am I going to go a thousand percent when my job requirement is only this? No, thank you. I'm going to pull back. I'm no longer going to engage on the level that I was. I'm now going to engage just like my coworkers, status quo, collect my check, go home. Right. So as a result, the organization is losing. Mm-hmm. The people that he's serving is losing because you're no longer going full force as you were. You were getting a thousand percent for a hundred percent pay, and now you're getting a hundred percent for a hundred percent pay. Hmm. Because this person was willing to go above and beyond, but not anymore. Because right. Toxicity in the workplace, which brings us to number one main causes of stress, according to the American Institute of Stress, workload. Absolutely. People feeling overworked with the workload. And why is that? Because of what I just said. It is because good people quit and we're so greedy for the next dollar. Instead of giving Dr. Hughes that person's pay, they give her, her the, that person's work at the same pay rate. Okay. So they say, well, Dr. Hughes, we, you know, we're not going to hire nobody else in. We're not going to give you a raise, but we need you to do all, this, all of Ms. Harris's work that she right. just left here on the table. What? Wait. And then dare you to say something. Exactly. Because now you're in the number six percentile of lack of job security. So you say something and then you're going to get fired. Right. And we're seeing this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And somebody has taught this disgusting strategy that, okay, well, we'll just replace you. It's, it's part of uh, Sun Tzu, the art of war. It's, it's, it's fear-based leadership. It's mm-hmm. manipulate by, by getting people caught up in their feelings and emotions. So you spark a response based out of that fear that those emotions, those toxic emotions um, ignite based off of the approach. It's mental warfare. It's emotional warfare um, against your workforce and I've always said, I will continue to say, I don't respect fear-based leadership in any capacity because there may be a time and a place for it, but in the workplace specifically, in the long run, it does more damage to your business than good. Absolutely. Because you continue losing people, good people. Right. And in, in, in some ways, you don't just lose them to another company. We all lose them to this earth because they die. Absolutely. Um, I, I read an article in the Washington Post about this author, uh, Jeffrey Pfeiffer. He's a Stanford University professor, and he wrote a book called Dying for a Paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's based off of a paper that he wrote back in 2015. It's still relevant. It was within the past three years. But in that paper, he said more than 120,000 deaths a year and roughly 5 to 8% of annual health care costs 
is attributable or may be attributable to how U.S. companies manage their workforces. What I found interesting about it, he said, workplace stress, the result of conditions like long hours, lack of health insurance, little autonomy on the job, and high job demands Mm. don't just hit productivity or damage morale. They literally kill people. Hmm. And um, I, I I wanted to share that with you because um, I want to hit the, you with another set of information that he had in his research because it's so profound that we need to get a handle on workplace conditions because if we don't, we already have a problem with the workforce and and finding finding viable candidates, let alone quality candidates. But we're running them away or literally killing them. We have to get a better handle on it. In his research, he found that there are basically one hundred and twenty thousand excess deaths per year. Mm. One hundred and twenty thousand excess deaths per year attributed to ten workplace conditions, and they cause approximately. Y'all wait for this. $190 billion, $190 billion in incremental health care costs. Mm-hmm. That makes the workplace the fifth leading cause of death in the United States, and that's higher than Alzheimer's and higher than kidney disease. Let's just let that sink in. Wow. Do you think we have a problem in the workplace? Do you think there's something we need to do to fix workplace stress? Do you think there's something else going on? It's really interesting that we have more than a million people um, dying due to overwork. It's just insane. Um, The American, he says in his research, he says the American Institute of Stress claims that stress is costing employers $300 billion a year. Mm. And there are 2 million workplace violence incidents reported a year. Yes. Because of stress. Yes. Um, Think folks going postal. Where do y'all think that came from? Uh Workplace stress. Folks went went literally postal and Mm -hmm. shot up the post office. When you Mm -hmm. can't even work for the post office Mm -hmm. and you go postal, you go crazy. Why? Because workplace stress is not being managed properly. We're not looking at those six areas of work design, the workflow, all of these things that we've been talking about here. It is an issue because... We have unrealistic expectations in the workforce that we're ex- that we're imposing upon our workforce. We actually have a younger workforce, and some of them they don't know. They feel like they don't have repercussions. Look, I got millennials still living at home because they can't afford it because you know we keep lowering cheaper labor, so we get it's all of these different things. All and it's that adds stress because you're a millennial. You've gone through all this. You may have gone to school, or you you have talents and skills. They're telling you that you're talented and skilled, but they don't want to pay you what you're worth. So you can't even afford your own apartment, let alone a studio. So you're still at home mm-hmm. because you can't afford it. And your parents, baby boomers, they're probably empty nesters or thought they were going to be empty nesters. So now, guess what? They still have a dependent at home because we don't have a living wage. We don't want to pay people a living wage. And I agree with Ms. Harris, what she said in the beginning, European company countries have it right. Mm -hmm. That's why there are some who require um, employees. It's, It's like a law. You have to give people time off per year. This is just, it's not even an option. 
Well, we're living in an era where um, it's a negative thing for a woman to have a baby. We're just getting to the place where we're giving them ample time. Women should have a year off, the first entire year off to Mm -hmm. bond and be with their child without any consequence. The same organization that I've been talking about all hour long I know of a particular case where a woman was demoted as a result of taking leave to go have a child. Mm-hmm. And this it's is like FEMLA don't even matter anymore. A- absolutely not. And this not is okay that at all. Mm-hmm. in the workplace. So a- as far as um, anger, uh, um, you know, people are reporting more violence in the workplace. Like Dr. Hughes said, the, the term postal came along because of someone going berserk in the post office, but it's not an uncommon thing of right. people yelling at one another, people getting into fights at work. I know I've been guilty of yelling at someone on a job that was extremely stressful, getting off of a flight into Las Vegas and not going to sleep for 24 hours. So I was delusional and this person was flipping out on me. So I had to just draw the line. But, you know, people are overworked, underpaid and highly stressed out unappreciated there's all unappreciated and a lot of this is just toxicity on toxicity so that these corporations can continue to make hand over fist money at the cost of and i love this man for writing this book dying for a paycheck yeah because literally um, dying it it is and that's what's happening that is the time that we're living in it's really unfortunate um statistica is saying that 39 percent of people experience stress in the workplace Mm -hmm. they feel stressed at work 30 almost 40 percent of people who go to work every day feel stressed out you stressed out time you wake up you stressed out in your sleep so you're not sleeping you you're not getting rest your eyes are closed you're going through the process but you're not getting Mm -hmm. rest so guess what that's contributing to more stress because you're not you're not functioning the way you're supposed to because you're not getting proper rest. And that's adding to your stress. You're right. thinking about work in your sleep. Mm-hmm. You wake up and you dread going to work. You're at work and you dread being there and you're counting the clock. You got there at nine o'clock and you're like, when is five o'clock going to be here? Correct. You're already Yay, ready to Friday. go home. You don't have no like, <laughs> this is it's, like, it's really toxic thinking and that's a toxic way of living. And yeah. that's why people are leaving here. You know, people... It's a sad day when you feel like you can't go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like she said, you know, when people are putting, when she made the comment about putting diapers on so you won't leave the chicken line, that is real. That is the real real occurrence. That is really happening on some of these um, processing and some of these processing plants. Mm -hmm. People are not, there have been news reports. Go and look it up for yourself. Credible news reports where people Mm -hmm. were not getting bathroom breaks. They were made to wear diapers or, you know, whatever. go on the line because because yeah. it was all about production and dollars you know there are instances where people you know sharecropping still exists but it was even to a point of that it was still slight what we are experiencing we don't want to call it that but i'm going to go ahead and call it that we are experiencing modern day slavery absolutely and we think Absolutely. because we're in the United States and we're a developed nation that we can't call it that because we're not China. We're not other countries where they have, you know, low wages and they're producing all this stuff for cheap labor and all this other kind of stuff. We're not using, we have child labor laws, so we don't really have children working the lines in these factories and stuff. So it's, we don't want to call it that. But at the end of the day, when you are demanding or expecting 
parenting, excessive workloads and output, but you don't want to pay people. Because at the end of the day, what you're expecting and what you're paying people, you may as well not be paying folks. Mm. When people are working poor and the increase of working poor in this nation and it continues to rise. Yep. That's just another form of slavery. You can get mad at me all you want. I'm fine. You can reach out to me, Global Mentor Coach, and, all, <laughs> yes. and talk, we can talk about it. But that's what it is. And we get upset with Bernie Sanders and some of the other people who are saying we need to raise the federal minimum wage so people can have a working wage to live. We've had inflation for years, but the, yep. but the minimum wage hasn't increased. increased. So cost of living, it keeps increasing. And then you want to give people a 3% cost of living increase. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to do that, but cover Nothing. taxes. That's yes. just covering taxes. We need people to have an actual living wage so they can contribute to the economy. I can't contribute to the economy because I can't even pay my rent. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening right now. You have people, like Ms. Harris had said, you have people working three jobs, not because they want to, because they want to have a better life. They want to add stuff to that, want to do. That's just to be able to pay everybody's bills. The How basics. dare we as a nation fail our people? I mean, calm mm-hmm. down, because this is a problem. How dare we fail our people? We are Americans and we say that we love American lives and we're making mm-hmm. America great again, but we don't want to pay Americans in America a living wage. Yep. And then we take our corporations and we take them overseas and we get trillions of billions of gajillions of dollars in taxes that we don't have to pay to pump back into our own economies. We give the work to outside global entities. We strip everything that we know to be holy and sanctified here from people, which puts them in a higher level of stress point, because now if you're stripping away these jobs from people, what are people to do? Where am I and work? so it's in this, this, this toxic cycle of uh, induced workplace stress, because let me tell you something, Walmart would not miss a beat. You got gajillions of dollars. You will not miss a beat by paying people a living wage. You won't. You got so much money in the bank, your generations of generations of generations. I think their generations probably may go down to the sixth exponential at this point. We'll be okay. Anything beyond this is like gravy. So at this, at what point is enough enough? Right. It's never enough. It's a sad day when Americans feel like they have to leave America to be employed and make more money to be able to survive and take care of themselves. I'm an American and I have to leave America to go work for an American multinational company in another country because they're outsourcing jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The couple from Alabama that bought the boat and they, they, they fixed up the boat, but they ended up crashing it. Mm-hmm. They had did the numbers. They crunched the numbers and discovered that if they just go to the Bahamas and work in the Bahamas for three months, they could make more in that three months mm. than they could working here in the United States for a whole four year. Years. Three months. Mm. The only thing they, they didn't do was invest in sailing lessons. That was their downfall. If they had invested in sailing lessons or just paid somebody to sail them around there or whatever, they could have made more in those three months and then would have moved on to the next. They crunched the numbers. Mm. They did the numbers. So when you have that, when you can go work somewhere else and still and make more in Mm -hmm. less time, 
that's a problem. What are we doing as a nation? What are we doing? Where are we going? And how are we going to do what we need to do? How, what is the next course of action to protect Americans, American jobs, the American economy? Because we, Congress is right now getting ready to approve a $2 trillion debt mm-hmm. on the budget. And, you know, Carrier was supposed to have all these jobs. And guess what? They still laid off all those people and sent those jobs overseas. They got mm-hmm. the incentive. Mm-hmm. And instead of keeping those people lost their jobs and they sent it overseas. Yep. So absolutely. for a tax break, they get for a tax break, the jobs so, and they get the tax break. Right. And this is all legal. It's all well, legal. We got to take a quick break and um, we thank you for tuning in because this is a hot subject. We got <laughs> one more segment to go. Uh, if you can't tell, Dr. Hughes and I are passionate about workplace stress and how we can reduce the toxicity that is infiltrating our American corporations. You're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back with Business in Black, uh, wrapping up the show today, a heated one, (laughs) a passionate one, uh, talking about stress in the workplace. And, you know, it's time for change. Uh, We've had many songs about it and many uh, people speak out about it, but it still seems to be uh, falling on deaf ears. But if that doesn't help to shock you back into what needs to be uh, occurring in, in the American reform of workplace um, stress. Uh, Again, on the American Institute of Stress, uh, according to a survey of 800,000 workers in over 300 companies, an estimated 1 million workers are absent every day due to stress. Wow. 1 million people. I know I used to wake up in the middle of the night, I would check my email because, um, you know, just to see what the, the, the weather would be like every day going in, right? The climate of the, the corporate, especially when I was off um, for the weekend. And um, I would have stress anxiety attacks every morning, every single morning waking up, knowing I had to go in and deal with the bureaucracy and the toxicity and the harassment and all of the craziness that makes up a horrible work environment. And I think to boot for this particular organization is you have these um, alluded to core values of how to treat people because you're supposed to be a Christian organization that was once made famous back in the 70s with the song, but you don't follow any of your own core value logic, rules. Because, listen, this is not just me and Ms. Harris and what my personal experience was. uh, Later in the the trenches, I heard many stories of other colleagues in this particular place in New York City. And then I've heard of other in Florida, in North Carolina, same organization, because this is an international organization, nonprofit, same organization, having the same toxicity in other country in other states excuse me and so as we allow the fester of the toxicity of workplace stress to grow 
we have to continue. We have to make a decision. Do we continue to feed the bait beast and make our billions of millions of dollars and just stress people out and kill people off? Um, for a paycheck or we're going to to be different and we're going to become humanistic again and are we going to value our human collateral our human and, and that's what it is right now we're not capital to them we're collateral and so the question is how much collateral damage will it get us to making x amount of dollars how many lives, how many peoples, how many employees can we dispense of so long as our stock options are fulfilled? So we're going to talk about a couple of ways to, um, did you have something to say, Dr. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think <laughs> part of the reason we are seeing what we're seeing with companies and how they're treating people is because as humans, we no longer see each other as humans. No. Of course. We don't see each other as people. No. It's sad, but look at everything that's happening around us. Mm-hmm. We don't value human life. And when we stop valuing and appreciating human life, we start treating people like they're just, like Ms. Harris just said, like they're dispensable. It's just, oh, okay, on to the next one. Oh, okay, on to the next mm-hmm. one. Oh, okay, on to the next mm-hmm. one. It's in the cycle. And then we get upset because, oh, robots. And machines are taking my job. Mm -hmm. But when you had your job, were you treating the person next to you like a person? Did you even talk to them? Did you even eat with them? Did you even take time to get to know them? So we're upset with technology advancing to, quote, take our jobs. But if we're already treating people like machines, like they don't matter, as if they are not humans, why not? And I know that's going to be controversy, controversy, and maybe that's another show, but why not anyway? Right. Well, and, and part of my part of my disappointment at this point in our in our show, to be quite honest, is the lack of <laughs> taking responsibility. Mm-hmm by corporations. And what I mean by that is as I scour and as Dr. Hughes has been scouring, researching for this show, I can't find an article that's written about how to manage workplace stress that addresses the workplace stress. Mm -hmm. Every article I've read is pushing the stress back on the person. As if the person woke up in the morning and said, today I want to be stressed. Right. And so there is no accountability measure coming back to push back on human resources. There's no accountability manage, um, management from a corporation standpoint other than how far can I toe the line to continue making the maximum amount of money. Right. So, I mean, it would just do myself injustice and you injustice to even even address any of these articles that I found from the Huffington Post, the Huff Post, excuse me, to the Harvard Business Review that that tell you things like, oh, just Dr. Hughes, they're stressing. Just meditate more. <laughs> just just try. One of them said, just try not to see. I think it was the Forbes dot com. Just try not to see stress as stress. And and the example I gave to her on the offline was, oh, no, me thrashing this whip on your back and 
and causing more anxiety and stress on you, that's not really bad for you. It's okay. Uh You'll get through it. No problem. And when do we take ownership as corporations to say, hey, guess what? I need to create a well community. I need to create a community for my employees where they feel safe, where they feel loyal, where they feel um, that they're not going to have fear of FOMO. Let's use some current acronyms, fear of missing out on life because they're going to lose their job if they don't show up for the mandatory overtime. So when are we going as corporations, big America, going to come back to Family, mm-hmm. instead of demonizing family, demonizing time off, demonizing, you know, nobody wants to have constantly sick employees, but we're contributing to constantly sick employees. Yep. One million was the statistic I just read off. One million workers are absent every day due to stress. They didn't say due to cold. They didn't say due to colon cancer. They didn't say due to leukemia. They didn't say due to heart. But guess what? All of those things are as a result of stress in the body. Your immune system is weakened. You'll have headaches. You'll have migraines, eye soreness, digestive issues, They'll have all feeling fatigue, back pain, abdominal pain, nausea, swollen feet, retaining water, retaining weight gain. Do I need to keep going? (laughs) All of these things are as a result of excess stress. And our excess stress is coming from more than likely the workplace. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what do we do then when we want to place the blame on everybody but ourselves, big corporations? What do we do then? Right. I say invest in creating well communities, put plants in the building, small things. Create a a nap room. The organization I just left, Dr. Hughes, you want to know what the employee break room looked like? (laughs) It was the kitchen. Guess Mm -hmm. what was in the kitchen? Two chicken Stuff to make you stressed out. They didn't even have have the decency to put in a table in the kitchen. And when I got there, I said, Well, where's the table for staff to sit at and come in here and enjoy their lunch? And, you know, oh no, we don't have any money. Well, I just made them an extra 66,000 as a sales director, but you couldn't go to IKEA and get a $20 table that adheres to the wall that you could pull out because the, the, the space was tight just to give your employees a break? What, is the, what kind of message are we sending to our people? That, that they're human collateral. You appreciate you. Right. Yeah. We, don't, we don't value and appreciate you. You're just, you know, another expense that I wish I didn't have, but I don't want to do the job. So guess what? There you go. I need you here because I need you to do the job that I don't want to do. I need a warm body. Absolutely. And job stress is costly. It carries a price tag for U.S. industry. Um, the U.S. industry estimated at over $300 billion annually. Mm-hmm. As a result of accidents, absenteeism, employee turnover, diminished productivity, medical legal costs, insurance, workman's comp. 
and the list goes on and and the list goes on. It takes less time and money to invest in a building a well community for your people, a well a corporation than it does to train a new hire. Mm -hmm. I think these days companies don't even care about the expense as it relates to turnover. Which is sad because it used to be, I mean, that's kind of like business 100. When it comes to controllable expenses, if you really are interested in controlling expenses, then you wouldn't see a whole lot of uh, businesses exporting, because that's what they're doing, Mm -hmm. exporting their jobs, sending those jobs overseas Mm -hmm. to control the expense. Why not just do what you're supposed to do here? Right. And control it here. Yeah, you're exporting because it's cheaper labor. So even if you have turnover over there, it's still cheaper. But you still got to do right by people because we're humans. Because after a while, what you going to have? You can go overseas and treat people. But when when that light bulb cuts on and they shut it all the way down to go postal in your factory or in your call center, then what? You still have to deal with it. And now you're major news. Right. Well, and what's going on is toxicity in the workplace is breeding bullies in the workplace. But yet we want to be outraged when bullies are in the schools. Right. But we've got executives and supervisors who are bullying people in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I went through it on uh, another nonprofit that I work for, a national nonprofit, some years back of my boss getting in my face and yelling at me, go to report it. And then what happens? They let me go. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so there is no safety, unfortunately, in toxic workplaces. So it's a really sick thing. It's, it is it's sickening. sickening. It's sickening. But we're supposed to be the greatest nation on earth. Oh, okay. Two guns up in the air, shoot them up high. Greatest place on the earth, but we have the most toxic places. And and, and listen, it can always be worse. Let, let, let us not act like that's not it at all. Right. But, you know, women in some parts of the world aren't even allowed in the workforce. Right. Or so, in public without a man. So Correct. <laughs> so it can always be worse, but how can we make it better from a humanistic standpoint? Right. How can and that's we, what we're talking about. Right. Humanizing we, people. Right. How can we bring value back to humans and de-stress the workplace? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, we would love to hear from you on this topic because this one's a great topic. If you have any comments or questions, you can always reach us. Uh, you can go to uh, businessintelligencecoach.com and leave me a message or Dr. Hughes. Globalmentorcoach.com. Yes. And we're here um, to help through these um, human issues. Yeah. Right. Build smarter, not harder. And right. the way we're doing business right now is we're building harder. Right. We're not, not I mean, just, just the pivot, just the pivot of, of saying thank you to employees, of doing what you say you're going to do for the employees, of showing mm. gratitude to the employees, of building out a space that's conducive to productivity and high efficiency to build your bottom line. 
one of the things that people don't understand is if if it's not in your leadership to do because it's all it all trickles down. And if your leader isn't a please and thank you kind of person, you're not going to see it in the organization in the first place. So it all it it it, it really begins with senior leadership because they set the tone for the company. And if they aren't please and thank you people, then you won't see please and thank you through the organization, through anybody else, because what will typically happen is HR will fundamentally hire people who are the same as their senior leadership, because that tone has been expressed, which tells me, guess what? They'll say to you, then obviously you're not please and thank you at home. You're not please and thank you in your regular everyday life. And so mm-hmm. I, it's funny when you talked about the values of the of organizations, there's a difference be- between perceived and a spouse. Mm-hmm. We say this is our value, but at the it, these are our values. But at the end of the day, are we really living these throughout the organization? Mm-hmm. Are we looking for people who have the same values and beliefs do we have are we looking for people with these types of characteristics which begs to to which which begs the question of how efficient is your hiring process mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a lot of different factors that go into it and you know again it's probably a different show but i agree with Ms. Terrence. i'd love to hear what everybody else has to say about this topic we are very of course as you can tell very passionate about it we've both had some experiences with it i know especially myself when i was younger i didn't know any better i didn't have a mentor anybody to help me so of course i made bad decisions and, and things i made what i thought was the right decision at the time um but Thankfully, I finally got me some mentors that could help me. But if you don't know and you don't have anybody to help you navigate, yeah, you're going to be stressed. Yeah, you're going to deal with toxic stuff, you know. On the other hand, I was a kind of employee. You'd be like, oh, so this is how we're going to do? Oh, I, I quit a job in a minute because what you weren't going to do was control my life outside of the workplace. You weren't going to manipulate my time and tell me I can't go see my mom. Mm-hmm. I can't go see my What? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. I, and I could deal with the repercussions of not having a job because I could find something. We'll right. find a way. But everybody didn't have that mindset. Right. You know? And right. so it, it's a maturity and you have to do you do. It, it's stuff trickles down. Right. And if you want to know what's wrong in, the, in a business, look at the head. Absolutely. I think it's time for a reform, a reformation in the workplace. Either that or stop calling human resources, human resources. Human resources. That's right. Call it corporate resources because that's what it's there for. Mm -hmm. You know, and not the people management. No, you're, you're, you're (laughs) call it human mitigation. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, if, if that, that. So. I, th- I like your first one where you said it's corporate. No, it's mm-hmm. all corporate. It's all corporate. At, at the end of the day, the shared responsibility is not. It's all about what you share with boards and investors mm-hmm. and to heck with your people Absolutely. who are making it happen for you every single day. Yep. Sad. So well, sad. with that, we, we got to end the show. Sorry. Uh, it's been a good one. Uh, we could go on talking, I'm sure, but uh, we got to get out of here and you have other stuff to do to make this a productive and prosperous week. Yeah. We thank you as usual for listening to Business business in Black. Excuse me. We are a weekly podcast where we talk everything starting, growing, and building a better business. We hope to hear from you soon and we hope you continue to listen. Shout us out, um, Business Intelligence Coach and global mentor coach and until next time be safe and we'll talk soon 
You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris.